Looking for inspiring destinations, incredible places to stay, and the most exciting bucket list experiences to travel to next? Welcome to Destination Everywhere with hospitality and travel entrepreneurs Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. Having traveled to over 100 countries, Todd and Andy bring you unique perspectives with celebrities in the know, hospitality experts, and native connoisseurs to discover must-dos and inspirational destinations to plan your next trip for business or pleasure. So pack your bags and get ready as we bring you Destination Everywhere with Todd and Andy. The fact that Toto Song Africa still plays in karaoke bars across the U.S. to this day demonstrates the draw to the wild Africa offers. As sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus above the Serengeti, adventurous travelers migrate to the area like wildebeest, and for good reason. Today we're joined by Laura Van Cans, National Director of Sales for Sanctuary Retreats to learn more about the luxurious camp Olonana, privately located on the Masa River. We will also hear from Monica Orowski, a private tour operator who shares how to prepare for an African safari. Whether you're attracted to the popular Maasai Mara, the more secret Zealous Game Reserve, or the energy and vibrancy of local African culture, East Africa is rich with once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Whether you want the tourist experience or the roads less traveled, today we will be sharing our best tips for an African safari. Welcome to this episode of Destination Everywhere. Kenya and East Africa. Welcome everyone to Destination Everywhere. I'm Andy McNeil, along here with Todd Bloodworth. And this week we are talking Kenya and East Africa. One of my favorite places. It's so incredible, an amazing place to take family, friends, coworkers, corporate clients. It is one of those places you want to go back to over and over again. In 2017, it was recognized as the World Travel Award for Place to Be, the world's leading safari destination. And there really is no other place, right, Todd, that is to go to see a safari if you really want to see what you see on TV and National Geographic. Well, you know, if you have time, obviously everybody thinks of safari when they think of Kenya, but there are also so many other great experiential experiences that you can check out. They have beaches, you know, and you don't think yeah, of beaches when you think of Kenya. Amazing beaches, amazing beaches. They actually also have the second largest barrier reef in the world. It's, I think, 140 miles long. So it's far away from kind of where we're talking about for safari, but it's absolutely amazing. But where we're going to kind of focus on, I guess, most of it is going to be in the part of the Masai Mara, which is the northern part of the Serengeti. So the Masai Mara is in Kenya and the Serengeti is actually in Tanzania where, you know, you do have the views of Mount Kilimanjaro, which is obviously just spectacular. And if you're, you're watching this online, if you look behind Andy, you can actually see Mount Kilimanjaro in the distance from the Masamara, yeah. which is absolutely amazing. And I'm so glad you mentioned all the other things that you can do, like the beaches. I mean, another thing is the famous tea plantations. It's the second large form of foreign income to the country because they export so much tea. And the plantations are beautiful and they take you back in time and definitely worth your bucket list if you're going to Kenya. So don't forget about those. And we're going to have several great guests to talk about how to plan a safari today. It is one of those things that you really do need extra help with. It's not like just jumping on a plane and going to the country. There's lots of things to know to prepare to go to Africa. So we've got some great experts to uh, walk you through that today. Absolutely. 
And when we come back, we are going to be talking to our next guest, Laura Van Kantz. And she is actually the director of sales for the Sanctuary Retreats. And one of the ones that we're going to focus on, they have they have several, but we're really going to look at the glamping of the Olonana property. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Well, welcome back. We are here with our next guest who is probably one of the most interesting people just reading her profile. And we're going to find out a little bit more her amazing background. We have Laura Van Sands, who is the Director of Sales for the Americas for Sanctuary Retreat. So Laura, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. Welcome, Laura. So Laura, I want to start off right away. Okay, so you're a Brit who lives in Miami, but right now you're in LA and you're representing Africa and these amazing properties. So I read that you studied African studies and you said it was at Oxford. So what got you involved in that and why was that so appealing to you? And and you're probably one of the only people that's probably using their major in their career <laughs> these days. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously having a degree in African studies is not a prerequisite to working and travel, but it definitely helps and it keeps you keeps you engaged. Where did it, where, how did I get into all this? To be honest, the answer is I was really, really lucky and I had parents that loved to travel and I had parents that really prioritized and were fortunate enough to be able to give the gift of travel to me and to my brother and my sister. And so really the whole Africa thing for me was tripped when my parents took us to Africa when I was about 12. We went to Southern Africa. It was sort of a big like milestone for my family at the time. And they did this kind of big trip and they took us to Cape Town and they took us on safari. Still, We still talk about that trip. It's the coolest thing we ever did. And I so hope I can do it for my kids. And then for me, it just sort of sparked this obsession and this life course that kind of just kind of rolled on from there. So I saw one of your first jobs while you were in school was with a safari company. Is that correct? Yeah, it was. I The first sort of safari job I had was working for Mikato in New York when I was a freshman in college at NYU. Nice. How did your, this path lead you to Sanctuary Retreats? So I was, it was actually a speeding ticket that led me to work for Mikato. <laughs> That's a story. Yeah, I ended up meeting Anna Pinto, whose family owns Mikato at Comedy Traffic School. And she heard that I was... <laughs> Everyone has the same story. I went to a comedy traffic school. It was not funny. You, 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 didn't get a, you didn't get a career out of it. Yeah, I was so lucky. I mean, I just graduated from high school. I was super excited. I was. I stayed behind. All my friends went to college, and I was staying behind because I was going to Africa. This was my thing, and I was saving money. I was working at a hotel, and so I was just chat, 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 talking to this woman I'd never met before, and she just casually whips out a brochure and says, oh, well, funnily enough, I work for a safari company. Little did I know it was Anna Pinto who you know, whose family runs Mercato. And a few months later, it turns out she knew my mom. And a few months later, I was in Nairobi with her family and they took care of me and they were just incredible. So that was how that sort of started, which is really exciting to build on. And one of the things I love most about our portfolio, so we've got these 12 camps and lodges across six different countries, and they are all in really spectacular kind of bucket list locations. So, you know, Ngorongoro Crater, Victoria Falls, we're in a game park in South Africa, we sort of, and the Okavango Delta, we sort of hit all of those, those bucket list destinations. But we, I think we do it 
and we provide really unique experiences. So the, the lodge that Todd is sitting in front of now, Olanana, you know, that's a unique experience. And if you go to sanctuary in Tanzania, it will not look like that. It's also beautiful. And, you know, we maintain the same commitments to standards of, of excellence in the way we take care of our guests, the way we take care of the environment, the way we work with local communities. But your sort of physical accommodation experience will be ideally sort of localized and unique to that area. So the portfolio. That's really that's really that's really important for Africa, right? Because you do go and you have different experiences wherever you go. It's a, a very diverse place to uh, go and you can go multiple times and have completely different experiences. For sure. And I think the kind of traveler that's looking for, you know, the adventure at the level that we offer, it doesn't want to go to an absolutely no shade. I was going to throw out a chain, a brand chain there. I won't do it. But, you know, like, isn't looking for, there's time, I only go to the same hotel in the States when I travel for work because I know it, I'm confident. But when you go to Africa, you want something different and new everywhere you go. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and because you, like you mentioned, and we talk about often, you know, it, it's a bucket list. You don't want it to be the same. You want to be spoiled. You want luxury, but you want that luxury, especially when you're in Africa, you want it like luxury. There's a fine line between the luxury of the accommodation versus the complete wilderness of the African countryside. Right. And so it's a really great switch, you know, the contrast of that, you know, just by walking off the property is really amazing. For sure. And I think sometimes that conversation of luxury in Africa and, and everywhere, but because that's what I work on, it's an interesting one because sometimes the luxury is being closer to nature and taking away some of those creature comforts that, you know, Olanana behind you is sort of over the top, everything you could want, you know, pools, air conditioning, everything. But sometimes in different locations, I think luxury can be interpreted a bit differently. Like in Tanzania, for example, some of our camps are a little bit more pared down. They're still beautiful and comfortable, but they're a bit closer to nature, which is a different kind of luxury. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your Kenya property, since we're focused on Kenya right now and what, what your, uh, our guests can expect. So if you're traveling to through a Sanctuary Retreats Lodge in Kenya... At the moment, we have Olanana, which is one of our first properties ever. Um, if you travel with us next year, we'll have another one called uh, where, where, Safari. And where's that? That's going to be in an area called Laikipia, which is north of Nairobi in the old Jogi area. Yeah. And the old Pejeta area. Shout out to old Jogi there. Um, in the old Pejeta <laughs> area. So that'll offer a really different experience because it's a very activities-focused property. Fantastic. You'll be able to pair them. But Olanana is really, you know, if you've got, you are looking for, or your client is looking for sort of that ultra luxe property, it feels like a family when you arrive. It's run by a guy called Maurice, who's been there for over 20 years, worked his way up from tent attendant to manager. So they might be very, very luxurious and at times very expensive, but they're not pretentious. They're very relaxed and like accessible. Nice. They're very nice. Fantastic. So, yeah. so when, for the Olanana, when someone steps out or when they leave the property, where are they going to go? Is it safe to walk the property, walk off the property by yourself? Where is it located and what's around the property? So Olanan is really unique in that it's located right, and I mean right on the Mara River. And the Mara River is that famous river that you see in all the National Geographic images when all the wildebeest are crossing the river. So they don't do that right in front of our lodge, but we do have hippos that walk up and down with their babies. And there's a lot of action right from the lodge. Wow. It's pretty cool. So when the migration happens, you said it's not right in front of you, but do you guys arrange tours to go see the migration up close? Of course. So when you stay with us as part of your experience, you're doing two safaris a day, generally two game drives, uh -huh. so early morning, and then you'll go out sort of late afternoon. And we go in to the Masai Mara, Masai Mara National Park. Yeah. 
that's where we're doing all of our drives. And yeah, it's about a, maybe a 10 minute drive to one of the closest crossing points. Wow. Fantastic. That is so close. That's pretty amazing. And do you guys arrange the safari yourself? So when, when someone comes and this is the, you know, they're like, you know, I'm going to this property. Is it really all in-house? Do they need to contact outside suppliers to do different things? Or do you guys really like keep that in-house? So the experience is all inclusive. We would always recommend sort of booking with a safari tour operator, an expert. So someone that can kind of put the whole package together for you. But once you're with us, once you get dropped off, we do actually have two different kinds of rates. It gets a bit confusing depending on who's listening and who's interested, but you you can actually come into some of our camps with your own driver. So maybe your tour operator brings in their own driver and then they do your safaris. But most commonly we do our own, have our own guides, our own vehicles, and you're going out every day with us. So Laura, tell me about uh, taking a group. Do you have, do you have groups that come? We do. Yeah. I think that's going to become even more popular now. I mean, the whole multi-gen family thing was on the rise. Yeah, it really was. So multi-gen family for listeners also, you know, like corporate incentive. Is that something that you see as well? Yeah. I mean, because our lodges are small and pretty intimate, I mean, all and on is one of the bigger ones. I think I have a group of, gosh, 36 there soon. Okay. Is that kind of the max? Is that kind of the max? Yeah. So you're looking at, you know, our lodges range from sort of six to 12, 13 rooms. So sometimes we're sort of out of the running for those bigger groups. But room I think that Todd is actually sitting in front of now is called Jeffrey Kent Suite. And we actually only complete, we completed that last when we rebuilt the lodge a couple of years ago. That's actually a two bed unit. It's a completely standalone. It's got its own staff, its own driveway. It's got two main master bedrooms and then in a kit. So in this sort of era that we're in now, that sort of standalone villa concept, I think will be really unique. Great. So, Laura, tell us about the Kenya property. Yeah, so we're really excited to be opening another property in Kenya. It'll pair really beautifully with Olanana. It's called Sanctuary Tambarari. It'll be, it's located in Laikipia, which is um, to the north of Nairobi. Very different experience. We'll be on Old Pejita Conservancy. The Conservancy is run with a huge focus on conservation. Nice. Very, yeah, it's super cool. It's focused. So lots of things that'll get you out of the vehicle. It'll also be a permanent tented concept. So a different, like we're talking about those different accommodation experiences. It'll be still a very high level, but a different experience to Olanana. Now, do you have pictures of what these tents are going to look like? Are those already up on your website? Yes, we've got some renderings and give us a little leeway because the renderings never kind of capture like the spirit of it, but you can get a good sense. They're really clean lines, elegant, quite large, but again, not the top, nothing crazy. Everything needs beautiful tents. And you said how many? There's 10? There'll be 10. There'll be 10. Wonderful. So let's talk a little bit more about your personal experiences in Kenya specifically. So what are some things that you've done or that you recommend people do once they're outside of your property. You know, obviously the primary focus will be safari and going out on drives and and staying at the property. But what are some other bucket list items in the area that you would recommend? So one of my favorite things always, and one of my favorite things about doing this job and working in this industry is getting to work with the community and working with our philanthropy team and hearing about what they do. I love hearing about that. So I love telling those stories. But we work quite closely with a few local schools in the Mara. We made a promise a few years ago or a commitment that we would provide access to clean drinking water to all schools on the edge of the Maasai Mara. And we did that. And we've now moved that project down into Tanzania. So that was a partnership with an organization called Aitor, an amazing organization. So you can actually go to one of the local schools if you're interested. And you can meet one of the prefects that takes care of the life straw filter in the school 
not for too long because you can't take them out of class for that long, but you can sort of see firsthand the impact that clean water has on some of these communities. So definitely one. Balloon safari over the Masai Mara. Oh, wow. Gotta do that, right? Oh, yeah. That is very, very cool. And we'll do another one is to do like breakfast on the, on the plains of the Mara. We'll set up like a beautiful picnic set. That's incredible. Gosh. So, I mean, really the Mara is just about driving. Do a full right. Yeah. Don't just go out in the morning, like throw lunch in the back and do a full drive and go down to the border with Tanzania. It's just stunning. Well, yeah, kind of that charitable travel where you go and you do something to give back to the community that you're visiting is is great. It's great to know that you can do it through sanctuary. That's fantastic. For sure. And I think one of the things that we ask too is because it's hard, you know, it can, everyone's got really great intentions and what, well, not everyone every is interested in meeting with communities. And it's really great for us if we can talk to people beforehand and say, hey, what is it that you're interested in? And if someone is interested in giving or doing, we can kind of organize something that is both beneficial for the client and for the community because a lot of times I think you yeah. get thrown into activities that you know that old sort of saying of oh you paint the wall but everyone paints everything yeah yeah so right we work really hard to sort of find things that work for both the client and the community well that's fantastic well it sounds like a beautiful place now I think we might have told you about our rapid fire questions for every guest that we have so we like world travelers like yourselves to kind of communicate to our listeners certain things about how to travel and get some tidbits from you guys. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, cool. So the first one is, have you ever completed anything on your own personal bucket list? And if so, what was it? Yes. So just before the craziness of this year, I got to go to Laos and that was really big for me. Uh, I got to Luang Prabang with my mom and that was amazing. So that was definitely a bucket list item for me. Great. And I know you've been all over the world. If there's one place you could live for a year, where would it be? Oh, this one actually, I just felt it makes me really emotional. I just left my two siblings in Edinburgh who are, they're both starting degrees in Edinburgh. And so I think I have to say it's not the most crazy location, but that's where I'd be at the moment. It's a beautiful place and great history there. Yeah. All right. Great. And if you could travel with someone infamous or famous, dead or alive, who would it be? This is a fun one. I think I would pick Christian Amanpour at the moment. Oh, I like to get into like the nitty gritty of geopolitics. And I like to just kind of dive a bit. She might take you to a war zone though. You got to be careful. <laughs> I mean, not that I want to be like, you know, following that train, but I mean, that wouldn't be, I would be, if we were safe. Right. Yeah. And figure out all these, I just think she's fascinating and so brilliant. She is. It would definitely be a bucket list experience, right? <laughs> when she has a bottle, like a glass of wine, I'm sure she kind of loosens up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So when you're packing for a trip, what is something that you pack that might surprise our listeners? This is a hard one. I was trying trying to think about it might be a bit weird. I guess one thing that I pack that other people wouldn't is I have my grandmother's travel wallet, which I always bring with me. Uh, And it always has both my passports in it. And that's whether I go domestically or international because you just never know. Oh, that's a good one. A sentimental one. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's nothing. I I can't think of anything else sort of more intriguing. Right. All right. When you go to Kenya, over, you've probably been multiple times. What has been your most memorable experience? My most memorable experience in Kenya. Oh, one. Okay. Can I do two? Oh, yes. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier that my parents had taken me to Southern Africa when I was young. And actually a couple of years ago, my brother and I got to take my parents back because my brother was living out there. And so to take them back to Kenya and to show them a part of Africa that they hadn't been to, that was just so cool. And one day I remember we broke down and our guide had to change our tires in front of a pair a pride of lions. Oh my goodness. It was absolutely <laughs> horrible. I'm sure he was, he looked cool as a cucumber, but we were just, I had the whole thing on video. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was just one of those fun things. That, were, and were you in an open vehicle at the time? Oh yeah. 
an oh, immobile yeah. open vehicle with a pride of lions. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely memorable for yeah. sure. It was sure. pretty pretty. It was a hot racing moment. Can I ask one more question? What is the craziest request you have gotten from a client? The most uh, just out of the box thing, and you're like, I don't know if we can do that. Do you have an example of one of those? Can you get the fly out of my room, please? No, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, so yeah, I've actually I have been asked to do that before, but okay, so that <laughs> that was a fun one. Or can you measure the distance between the tap and the wall, please? The tap and the wall. The tap and the wall. The water tap? Yep. So like um, someone coming on safari. I know this is not like so, so bizarre, but yeah, I had to measure the space between the tap and the wall because that was very important for this person when choosing a safari. <laughs> okay. That's got to be right. one of the crazy. I've heard a lot of crazy. That's, that's just crazy. But <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Laura. We really appreciate it. Where can um, our uh, listeners find more information about Sanctuary Retreats, uh, website, social media handle? Yeah, absolutely. So social media, just at Sanctuary Retreats, uh, sanctuaryretreats.com. It's all there. Or they can, of course, reach out to me. I don't know if you guys can share my... We will. Absolutely. But I'd be happy to happy to share. Great. So no, and, and go, I, you know, I, I just recommend that all the users and listeners go to the website and just look at some of these properties. It will definitely just get your imagination going. And they're stunning. They're absolutely beautiful. But thank you so much, Laura, for joining us. Thanks and, for having me. Yeah. And we look forward to seeing you in Kenya or one of the other amazing properties pretty soon. Me too. <laughs> you guys have to come out. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And we'll be right back. At AMI, we're passionate about meeting connections that change lives. For over 20 years, we have traveled our clients all over the globe, supporting their business goals and helping them stand apart. From hotel sourcing to audiovisual magic, we'll make your corporate meeting or event second to none. Go to AmericanMeetings.com to learn more. American Meetings, AMI, meeting planning perfected. All right, everybody, welcome back to Destination Everywhere. It is time for our bucket list for Kenya and East Africa. So there are so many things to do there. It was really, really hard to pick and get it down. Todd, I mean, we had like 30 of them and we had to get it down to 10 just to make sure we had time for all of them. So we, we have some really great ones for you. And they're also going to be on our website at destination-everywhere.com. But these are great bucket list ones to do with your family. A lot of people use the safari or a trip to Africa as kind of a once in a lifetime family trip. And all of these are great ones that you can do with the family, with the kids, with the grandparents or everyone in between. So the first one is fantastic and it's been going on for years and it's watching over baby elephants, David Sheldrick's Wildlife Trust. And it's best known for its orphan project of actually taking in orphan elephants. And it's actually a full-time orphan rescue and rehabilitation program. And it's been the most successful one in the world for years and years and years. And it's open every day to the public from 11 to 12. So you have to plan for it because they want to be respectful of the elephant's space. But you can experience feeding the, or the orphan elephants and seeing them taking a mud bath. So I think the baby elephants, everybody remembers Dumbo from way back when. Just imagine a lot of them doing it all at the same time. It must be incredible. Yeah, I, that's something I've always wanted to do, you know, especially if you're an animal lover and they always say elephants are, you know, they never forget. So you, you do it once, you go back and the animal's much grown, much bigger. Maybe they remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of sanctuaries out there. There's this one and they're kind of peppered all over uh, this area because it is a, a major issue from climate change to hunting and poaching. 
it's really important that we take care of these beautiful, beautiful animals. And these people are doing wonderful work. So when you go there, you're actually supporting their efforts. So we highly encourage you make it part of your bucket list when you go to Kenya. Well, I've got another item, which is obviously this is the place to do it. I mean, I've done it in other places, but in Kenya by far, I think it's probably the most spectacular. And that is a hot air balloon safari, you know, and you could go at sunrise or even at sunset. I think sunrise would probably be a little better, but you do see the entire country just starting to wake it up and you you go over the plains and the rivers and the views of Kilimanjaro. Absolutely amazing. And you actually see why they call it the Maasai Mar, which is the Maasai or the, or is the indigenous tribe. And Mar means spotted in the native language, which is spotted for the landscape because oh, okay. the trees and bushes. That's interesting. Yeah. So that, I, I just think that would be absolutely amazing. And then end the ride with a champagne brunch somewhere obviously with armed guards around you because you don't <laughs> want to surprise any of the wildlife. Because there's, yeah, there's an elephant or a rhinoceros <laughs> down the road. So definitely something that you want to you plan for. And I think, you know, it's actually kind of pricey, but I think it's well worth it. And here's another great one. You know, you usually don't think about going to a restaurant when you go to Africa. And this one is in a cave. It's called the Ali Barber Restaurant. And you walk down 33 feet into a 180,000-year-old cave, and then they, they serve local seafood dishes. And it is unbelievable. The cave has an overhead opening to view, like, the night and the stars. And, I mean, doesn't it sound like something just out of a movie? And all the elements, are you know, are kept um, to keep the cave in, in its natural state. And the only lights besides candles are coming from the kitchen and the bathroom. So... This is something that I highly recommend and uh, something that is definitely a once in a lifetime experience, the Alley Barber Cave Restaurant. And another one that I selected was actually, I, and I, I had no idea that East Africa, it's one of the largest exporters of tea, which is, I found just extremely interesting because I never thought yeah. about tea when I think of now, East I've Africa. I've done this, it's pretty incredible. And being located so close to the equator, uh, the soil is, it's very rich and the high mineral content actually produces teas with much higher antioxidants. So the Rift Valley and Mount Kenya are great places to go to some of the tea plantations. So definitely I would add that if you do have the time. Yeah, when you go to these plantations, a lot of them are kept in pristine condition like they were back in the day during the great trade. And you see how the plantations were run and also get to experience at some of them actually the process of making the tea. So it was a really fun experience and something that's really unique to the area. And we always love to do things that are are unique to the, the places that we go. All right, and the next one we have is experiencing a traditional Maasai village, which you can do all over Kenya, but you can learn about the medicines, the plants, their traditional dancing, and see an actual village from a day-to-day perspective. So this is something that is a lot of fun for the kids, and you definitely want to do it with your family. And you're usually accompanied by a guy that really educates you about not only the tribe, but the area of where the tribe's living, how they live off the land, and what they make from the land. So definitely one of those educational experiences that can be a lot of fun and something that you can put on either the beginning or the end of a safari trip. No, that's actually another one I remember from a kid. We watched a special on the Maasai tribe and the red cloth that they wear and and the reasons that they do things. And uh, it's a very, very unique tribe in Africa, but their story is is pretty amazing. And then their way of life, it really hasn't changed very much in decades. Mine 
And this is something, if you have a little need for speed and you don't mind heights, you could actually go zip line through the uh, Corita Forest. And obviously, you know, they do have amazing views. You know, there's a, a canopy. They also have mountain biking, team building activities if you're there with a group. But you could do all this in this very unique environment. Who doesn't like to zip line? And it does give you a thrill. And, and it seems really, like we always end up at zip lines when we travel. You know, because they're fun. They're fun for kids. And some of them are just insanely high. Others like go a little bit lower. So you get a little a better view of the ground. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? So if you're there well, with a seven or eight year old. I in Northern Quebec that we did where we, they literally hung you off the side of a mountain before you went on the on the on the zip line. Yeah. It was insane. I opted out of that part. The rock climbing was enough for me, but the kids loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. It was <laughs> it made, awesome. It gave me a heart attack. <laughs> so speaking of family and taking there, this is something my cousin has actually done. She um, has hiked Mount Kilimanjaro all the way up to the top. And it's the world's tallest freestanding mountain. And it's Africa's tallest peak. And it's one of the world's most famous seven summits. And it's something you have to, first of all, you have to go to it and just get a picture in front of it. It's one of those bucket list things. But there's all different types of hiking there. It's not just for going to the top, which is for an experienced hiker, but there's lots to do all the way around it. If you're going all the way to the top, you really need to go with an experienced guide based on... And the train. There's, yeah. there's significant training involved in, in doing that. But yeah, there are different kind of ecosystems that, like, that are involved in the hike, which is really cool. There's You have the rainforest, the desert... You've got an Arctic climate. So it's something, you know, when you start off, by the end, you're going to be in a completely different environment, which is really, really cool. Yeah. So it is much more doable than going to like Everest. And as you can see by the picture behind me, if you're looking online on YouTube or on destination-everywhere.com, you can actually see a view of it from Kenya. And it's really, really beautiful. And then, you know, talk about more experiential items. Who wouldn't really like to go in and embed themselves in the culture for a short time? And you could do a, a day trip to Stonetown, Zanzibar, and then really experience some local food, the food markets. And the gardens are amazing. Yeah. You know, they have the open air markets, rich seafood. They do octopus, lobster claws. And, you know, you get freshly squeezed sugarcane juice, you know, with ginger or lime, which is absolutely amazing. And then you actually, you get the highly recommended Zanzibar pizza. And it's a thin crepe topped with your choice of meat, vegetables, cheese, and then another crepe. So you definitely want to try to fit that in in your list if you do want to kind of blend a little bit with local culture. Yeah, absolutely. And now here's one. So I have never skydived. I figure that the ground's enough for me wherever I go. I figure this, the one time is going to be me that it's not going to open up. So I've never skydived. It's one of the few things that I haven't done in my life. (laughs) You don't want to like YouTube, like, you know, skydive mishaps, you know, right before trip. Yeah, that's not what you want to do. But if you are into it, there's one that's really, really amazing that we came across that I did want to mention. It's skydiving above Diani Beach. And why it's so special is you're actually skydiving over a coral reef and you actually get to see it from both the land and the sea. So it's really, really incredible. And you can even get a glimpse of the uh, Shimba Hills National Reserve Park on a clear day, which is far away from the beach. But just being near the coast and experiencing that, I think would be a great bucket list thing to do while you're there. And another thing, obviously, these are all really targeting an outdoor traveler. And another one that has to do with some, you know, it's good activity, 
And it's something I know I would absolutely love. It's scaling the gorge at Hell's Gate National Park. You know, you could do that for about two hours to walk there, scale it and come back. And it was actually a popular background for Tomb Raider, the Cradle of Life featuring Angelina Jolie, which is kind of neat. So Todd, you need to you need to start searching all movies for every location we go. That should be your thing. I, I mean, I would find great. And I, I don't know why. You know, I th- I feel if I've seen it in a movie, it's just been legitimized, and so it gives me a, a fantasy around that location. But yeah, I completely agree. I'm always fascinated by movies and movie locations and why they picked them. And there's always a reason why they picked them. And obviously, um, there's a reason why they picked this one for that particular movie. So that's great. Yeah. And, and you could go there, you could walk through the, these water eroded walls. They're so narrow, you know, you, you really have to squeeze through them and then you could find waterfalls and hot springs. So if you really have that itch to get outside and do something a little different, you know, that's the thing to do. So those are the 10 of our bucket yeah, list that's items. The, that's the 10 bucket list. We had, again, we took it down to like 30, but we thought these ones were really special. And ones you could do across, you know, generation, not all of them, of course, like skydiving with me, but there will be uh, lots of things you can do with your family, friends, coworkers, depending on who you go with. So we'll be right back with our guest, Monica Irowski, and Monica is with Yampu Tours. So we're going to look forward to hearing what she has to say. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Destination Everywhere. In this episode, we are featuring Kenya. And obviously, when you think about Kenya, you think about safari. And we're really excited to have our next guest. We have Monica Irowski, who is the vice president and co-founder of Yampu Tour. So welcome, Monica. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about Kenya today. Awesome. Likewise, we like to feature these bucket list items. And bucket lists, you know, obviously can go to the moon. But something you almost always hear people say is safari, you know. Or do you actually pack the gear, set up camp, and then kind of have a nonstop safari? And if that's the direction you go, can you tell us a little bit about the accommodations that someone can expect to see on a Kenyan safari with your group? Okay. So for the most part, I sell tented camps in Kenya. So the camp is set, but it's set in one place. Now, there is such a thing as the when you're following the migration and that camp moves from place to place, depending on where the migration is. So that's another option for those people that are set on seeing the migration. And then mobile camps, I normally sell mobile camps more in Botswana. That's the one where somebody's actually packing up your stuff and resetting it somewhere else. When is the migration? Is that a certain time of year? Yes, the migration is July through September for the most part. It changes from year to year. So we have like a calendar and we can watch where they're going. But for the most part in the Maasai Mara, they'll probably be there in August. Okay. And the Maasai Mara is where the river, if you've ever seen a picture of the river running through the bush and wildebeest crossing the river and there's a big show because the gators try to get them. Yeah, yeah. So that's the pool. And how many times have you been to Kenya? I've been to Kenya four times. Four times. And what was your absolute best experience there so far? Do you have one? Well, I love doing the balloon over the Maasai Mara. Oh, my goodness. You just hope the balloon stays up, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. These guys are very professional. I think they came from South Africa. And they were super knowledgeable about what they did. We got up at sunrise 
and went into the, their camp and they put us in the balloon and then they start the fire and then the balloon goes, they turn it over and then you go up in the air and you watch the sunrise over the Maasai Mara, which by the way, the Maasai Mara is the same park as the Serengeti. The Serengeti has a more famous name. So you're watching the sunrise over the Serengeti and all these animals waking up and running around. Now that's a bucket list experience for sure. Exactly. Yeah, and you're blaring music from The Lion King, right? You're like, <laughs> you hear the, the <laughs> calling. It sounds amazing. Yes, it's so beautiful. And then they sh- served us a sunrise breakfast, champagne breakfast when we landed. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, so now are you guaranteed to see like the big five? There's things that everybody wants to see. Obviously a lion, an elephant, a giraffe. What are the big animals that you'll see on one of your tours? Okay, so the big five was a term coined by hunters. And then the tourism took it over. So I would say that you're definitely going to see at least four of the five. The rhinos are more part of the top five, and they're harder to see in Kenya. So I think I saw the rhino in Tanzania. So if a client wants to see a rhino, then, then we'll put them in the right place to get that to happen. But you're going to see a lot of lions and cheetahs and leopards and giraffe and elephants, wildebeest, zebra, ostrich, baboons. It's just going to be amazing the amount of animals you see. Way more than just the big five. That's great. So I know this is a bucket list, you know, trip, like we said. And can you give some advice on how people can prep to go? Because it really is a trip of a lifetime, but there's also a lot of preparation that needs to happen. So can you give some advice and also how do you assist in um, making that happen? Sure. So the first thing you should do is find somebody like me that's very knowledgeable, hopefully about all of Africa, so they can help you narrow down which country to go to. And then you need to ask them certain questions. You need to let them know certain things that are in your mind. You need to let them know what your imagination of Africa is, because depending on what is in your imagination, I need to make that happen. And each person's idea of Africa could be different. So I want to know that. I want to know what kind of vehicle you want. Do you want to fly? Do you want to do open vehicles? Do you want to drive in a closed vehicle where you pop your head up? There's something that feels more secure to you. Do you feel comfortable with a tented camp or would you prefer the safety of a lodge? All these things, you need to find somebody that can answer all those questions for you. So I would say make a list of things that you want and question the person that you're talking about to and see if they know the answers. Because if they don't, that might not be the right person. Or if they're too busy to be bothered to answer your questions, then that wouldn't be the right person. Then the second thing is you need to get your inoculations and do some research about the best malaria medicine for you. So I have a blog on my website and I can give you guys the link so you can post it. And it has some links to the really hard to find places on the CDC website. Oh, nice. That's great. There's one that's like a great table that goes through all the malaria medicines and the pros and the cons. Of each one. And also each area might have a different type of malaria and not all medicines will work for that kind of malaria. So all this is on a cute little chart that's impossible to find on the CDC website, but I've got it on my blog. (laughs) Great. 
And I think it's important to know what medicine you need before you go talk to the doctor. Because if you are in a rural area, for example, where not many people travel, your doctor may not be mindful of all the side effects. Or what particular one for what particular country. Exactly. So it's good to kind of know what you think you want before you go in. And then the doctor can look at all your medicines and make sure that that's right for you. So that's one thing that I would say. And then packing, you need to get a really light suitcase because a lot of times we do those little planes from camp to camp and you need one of those like a columbia soft-sided really light it it weighs like a a pound because i have suitcases that weigh 14 pounds and that's pretty much the limit you know so you can't take one of those you need a really soft bag and you just need some basic colors they do laundry for you in these really upscale camps they do laundry for you So you don't have to have a different outfit for every day. That's nice. Now, speaking of uh, lodges, now I understand there's a giraffe manor, and this is kind of a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience for people if they even get in because it's so popular. Number one, have you been? Number two, if you haven't been, have you heard about it? And what should people expect if they go? So, yes, I went and did a hotel inspection. That's in Nairobi. And so you can land in Nairobi. And if you're booking... Well in advance, try to book it. It's so cool. The giraffe are running around on the property. And many times, you know, if you're on the second floor, I had a client who I put on the second floor and the giraffe put their head in. (laughs) So the giraffe put the head in into their room. So they'll come and visit you while you're eating breakfast. So it's really, really an amazing place. It's If you don't stay there, if you're booking last minute or your group is too big and you can't get space, you can go to the giraffe center, which is next door. And so it's kind of the same property. And you can visit those giraffes. They're special. They're the Rothschild giraffe. Oh, what is the Rothschild? Who is Rothschild? So the Rothschild giraffe is a different breed of giraffe, and there's not as many of them. So they're unique. Nice. And so another question we get, especially when, when people just travel outside of their comfort zone in general, you know, whether it's Europe, South Africa, I meant South America or Africa, what can you tell that nervous traveler? Okay, they really want to go on safari and then you're in this bubble, but flying to, let's say, Nairobi and then getting with your crew that's going to be taking them on safari, what can you tell them to kind of alleviate those fears that they might have or misconceptions they might have? Well, I want people to be prepared. So what I normally do is kind of go over everything with them, what to expect when they're in the camp what to expect in their rooms, kind of go over some of the rules that I've experienced while I was on safari. Because when you go to a camp, the manager will sit down with you and say, these are the rules. So for example, you can't leave your tent at night. And should you need to leave your tent, because they don't have phones there, most of them won't have a phone there. So you'll have to take a flashlight and, and wave it around and then somebody will come if you need something. So I kind of go over all these things. What happens if somebody needs a doctor? What's going to happen? The more informed the traveler is, the more secure they're going to feel when they're there. Having all of these things, you go over all these things. Is there a shower in their room? Or do they have to go outside and shower? All these things. It's really great to go over everything so they don't get somewhere and find a surprise. Yeah, for sure. So what are some give back opportunities? You say someone has a great experience, they want to give back to the country. Do you have any recommendations on how they can do that? 
Yes. So when a client wants to do some give back, what we would normally do is there's something called pack for a purpose. And so a lot of the lodges that we work with um, work with pack for a purpose. So maybe they're supporting a community or maybe they're supporting a school. And it could be just as simple as filling up a bag with some stuff that they need and taking it with you on your trip and then leave it with them. So maybe they need pencils or sharpeners or pads, paper, markers, whatever that they need. Sometimes I've had one client who was a specialist in glasses and they took glasses with them and adjusted them for a whole community while they were there. So we can get really creative. And then sometimes if you have time or you want to make time, we can have you go and visit the community that you're helping and spend some time with them, get to know them. It's always great to get to know people of a different culture. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Now, now you mentioned, um, was it the Zamburu? Is this a tribe in Kenya? Yeah. They're just the happiest people. When I arrived in Zamburu, they came and greeted us and... And they were very smiley and just the warmest, kindest people. So when somebody wants to do a cultural interaction, since they were my favorite, I usually try to include Samburu. Samburu also has their own special five of animals that are different that you can only see there. For example. Oh, wow. Yeah. They have a zebra that has the stripes the other way. <laughs> really? Yeah, and they have this this giraffe that has a different kind of design on its body, the reticulated giraffe. And they have this animal called a geranook, and it kind of looks like a deer, but that thinks it's like a giraffe, and it stands <laughs> up to eat like giraffes do. Really? Oh, fun. Yeah, it's got this really long neck, and it stands, and it kind of looks like it's a little tiny giraffe. So the geranook, and it's very famous, and you can only see it there. So it's kind of like... I hit two birds with one stone by sending people to Samburu. And it's also great for elephants there. That's nice. Now, what are some of the most memorable reactions your customers have had? Ones that just pop out in your head when you've taken them on one of these safaris? Well, they are very excited about the special experiences. Like we'll do breakfast in the bush or a walking safari where they can go out and walk with the guide. And that's really exciting and lots of adrenaline doing that. Yeah, I can imagine. One client was really excited about horseback riding safari. They love horses. And I was able to get them into one property that has some horses and can do a safari on horses. And that's very unique for safari. So one client was just like dying over that. What a great suggestion. That's really once in a lifetime. I've never heard of that. I love the breakfast in the bush idea. I mean, that just sounds like a lot of fun to me. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really fun to kind of have a picnic out on the bush and the guides there, and and it's really special. Great. Well, listen, thanks so much for your time today. We ask each one of our travel experts, and you've been to like over 60 countries, right? That's amazing. So we ask on them our rapid fire questions, and these are questions so our listeners can learn from the experts about kind of once in a lifetime bucket list and what they do when they travel. So are you ready to do this with us? Sure. Awesome. Cool. The first one is, have you ever completed anything on your bucket list? And if so, what was it? So I wanted to go whitewater rafting for years. I wanted to do it in Costa Rica, but every time we went, the kids didn't weigh enough. (laughs) So we finally went whitewater rafting in Colorado. 
they're adults now, so they weigh enough. My daughter barely, but yes. So we went whitewater rafting in Colorado, and it was really fun. Oh, that's just incredible. That's incredible. Where did you go out of? Do you remember? Yeah, it was near Estes Park. Okay, excellent, excellent. Okay, next question. If you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would it be? Tuscany. Nice. Yes, I would agree with that. (laughs) That's a good one. I'll join you. There's just so much to do around there, you know, so many different places to visit. I've been to most of them, but I'd love to go again. I'd love to get into every nook and cranny of Tuscany. <laughs> so, yeah, you definitely would need a year for that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Great. All right. So if you could travel with someone infamous or famous, who would it be? So there's a saint. Her name is Ama, and she's the hugging saint. Aww. And she goes around the world and, and just gives people hugs. And I just love the fact that there's somebody whose life goal is just giving people happiness. That's nice. Nice. She would be fun to take out for sure. All right. Next question. When you're packing for a trip, what is something you pack that may surprise our listeners? So I have this cashmere throw that goes over my head and it doubles as a blanket on planes. I can just have it in my purse and throw it on when you get cold And then sometimes, like, if I'm going on safari, I'll bring some fuzzy slippers because, you know, when you go out for the campfire at night, it gets a little Uh. bit cold. So (laughs) to have some warm fuzzy slippers could be fun. Oh, that's nice. And finally, what is your most memorable experience in Kenya? My memorable experience in Kenya. Well, I guess I could tell you a kind of a miserable memory. I was in this camp and my son was about 12. And the rule is you can't walk by yourself at night, but in the day, they let them do that. So my son was on the way to his tent, a snake crossed the path, and he went closer to see what it was. And then the kids came back and told me, and I asked (laughs) the camp director, and it was a spitting cobra. Oh, no. So that's a big memory for me. I'm sure for him too, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's a big memory for me. And it's been a life lesson because now I tell everyone that travels with kids, don't listen. Like whatever the manager says, just keep the kids with you all the time. I mean, he wasn't a kid. He was a teenager. But still, the teenagers, sometimes they don't have that wire. That compass, right. Yeah. For danger, you know? He yeah. turned out to be a Marine. So, I mean, he <laughs> doesn't have that wire for danger. And so that memory for me is something that I tell every client, like keep the kids with you all the time. Like, you know, that's even a great in the suggestion. day, like stay close. Well, it's definitely the most memorable experience. That's for sure. Right. Yeah. Great. Well, listen, I know you, you're offering a giveaway for um, our followers that, that sign up and it's a hundred dollar gift certificate to Yam Food Tour. So thank you so much for that. So if you guys want to sign up for that, listeners, you go to uh, destination-everywhere.com. And where can people find information on you? I hear you got this great Instagram account. Should they go there? Should they go to your website? Where do you want them to go? Go to our website, yampu.com. You can find out about me, all the countries we sell. If you are an Instagrammer, look me up on Instagram, Monica Arowski Experiences. I'm engaging with my followers every day, sharing our travel stories and all our passions and loves for travel. Well, Monica, you're certainly a travel expert. Thank you so much for taking us to Africa and teaching us about Kenya and the other countries. And uh, we look forward to seeing you there sometime. Thanks for uh, joining us. Thank you, Monica.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. So glad to have you here. Uh, we're visiting Kenya and East Africa today, and it's been a great show. I mean, we had great guests. We've talked about these unbelievable bucket list items. Like Laura was talking about how she had come with her family when she was a kid and coming back. A lot of people talk about this as being a once-in-a-lifetime experience when they go. And I certainly felt that way. But you need to plan for it. You need to know, get with an expert, understand the the regimens around uh, vaccines for it, as well as planning way ahead of time because of weather and when the droughts are versus when the rain season. So there's when the migration to, is, it depends yes. on, you know, what you want to see that, that really is going to kind of dictate when you go. So, yeah, but I mean, we, we probably between uh, our guest and the bucket list that we provide some great ideas, some great venues to go to, great hotels to go to. So there's lots to do. Todd, what's your favorite of all the ones we talked about? What is the one, like one thing that you want to do when you go to Kenya? Well, I mean, without a doubt, I mean, safari, but that aside, I think it was Laura that talked about actually participating in some philanthropy while you're there and kind of incorporating that oh, yeah. into your trip. You know what? I, you know, you're so right. I mean, that's, that can really be life-changing, especially for kids. Yeah. These, some of these villages, they have nothing, but they don't realize it, you know, but they just need, you know, school supplies, clean water, things like that. So you can actually incorporate a time where your family goes and participates in, in something special for another group of people. And that's either with them or with with the animals. Like you talk about like the orphan sanctuary for the elephants. And I don't know kind of how they are about, you know, just having seasonal volunteers come in, you know, because there is a system. Yeah, most hotels or outpacking groups will actually have relationships already set up for you. And so you can just ask them, hey, we'd like to do this. What are some ideas around our hotel that would be good that we could spend one of our days doing this? It's a nice break from all the touring as well. You get to see kind of real... African life and get to meet some great people as well. So definitely something we do. I'm so glad you remembered to remind us about that because I think it's one of those things that everyone should do and make sure it's on their list of things to do. I personally would want to hike Mount Kilimanjaro, even if I didn't go to the top so I could say I hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. I mean, come on, people. You need to have that thing that you want to post, right? I just hiked Mount Kilimanjaro. We have a friend, by the way, everywhere she goes, she hikes a place. Yep. And it's all over her Instagram. I should give you her Instagram. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right now. <laughs> no, yeah. Let's not do that right now. <laughs> but while you're doing that, I'll be back at the Olanana, just kind of relaxing, you know, getting ready for the next day's safari. But there's also, and, and obviously the great migration. If you time that right and just see, you know, just nature at its fiercest, but at its most beautiful, why wouldn't you do that? It's something that it's happened for hundreds and hundreds of years. And we hope it, it continues to happen for hundreds and hundreds of more. But yeah, so, you got to keep um, that in. So all of our all these great bucket list items are at destination-everywhere.com. You just click on the uh, podcast for this specific show and you can download all these great ideas and take us with you on a podcast. So we want to thank everybody for joining us for this week's episode. We would also like to really thank our team here at Destination Everywhere for the extra help that they give us. We have Chris Jordan, our copywriter. Guy Quattlebaum, our content developer, Andy Fernandez, creative director, and the amazing Lauren Campbell, who is our podcast producer. So whatever format you're listening to us on, go in and subscribe, rate, and review the show, or visit us at www.destination-everywhere.com and give us your feedback or any program ideas, and we'd love to hear from you. So again, we look forward to seeing you at the next destination. Safe travels. You've just tuned in to another episode of Destination Everywhere with travel and hospitality entrepreneurs, Todd Bloodworth and Andy McNeil. 
To access the show notes and other helpful resources, visit destination-everywhere.com. Join us again next week for another bucket list filled show as we feature another travel worthy destination. Until next time, travel well and be safe out there.